Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of the NFNL podcast. My name is Nicholas Sacco. I'll be your host for this week's edition. Another great one in store for you. We'll chat to the senior men's coach of the Murnda Football Club, in Robert Fletcher following their side's important win over Heidelberg West, keeping them alive in the Heidelberg Golf Club Division 3 final stakes. And we'll also chat to the senior women's coach of the Hurstbridge Football Nipple Club in Paul Reed after uh, beating Mernda women's side and, and breaking their win drought and also giving them a sniff at securing a top two spot. Plus, we'll review all the action from our senior men's and women's comps across the weekend. And to help me do that, as pretty much has been the case for most of the season, is Josh Ward. Josh, thank you for coming on. Uh, thank, thank you for letting me be on once more, Nick. <laughs> and, yeah, it's a very interesting weekend across, well, the football competition, both the men's and women's. Can't wait to discuss all those results and look ahead once more to this coming weekend of action. Glad to see the rain kept away as well, pretty much <laughs> most of the games. We were always a bit worried about them coming, but it um, always helps as well. we got some great action across the weekend so we'll kick off as we always do in Melbourne Greyhounds Division 1 and well it was highly anticipated big expectations coming into this one at Montmorency Park North Oval between the top of the table sides in the Magpies and the Tigers and well for the first half it looked that way the Magpies kicked two late goals in the second quarter to to give themselves keep themselves in the contest rather but the Tigers and, and as they have done all year just obliterated their opponents right after half time and they just end up getting a massive 50 point win all but securing now you'd think a minor premiership for the Tigers which goes a long way into their premiership favouritism which you'd have to expect them being the premiership favourites now for sure um, and Montmorency a bit of a dent but still only their, their third loss of the year so I guess nothing too disappointing to take out of that match but Nonetheless, I think we just saw the best team all year so far just flex their muscles. We just saw a masterclass from hard work, particularly mm. that, that second half. I think we had Ben Nikolovsky on after the match and he said, you know, they do run our teams. And I think the fa- one of the factors was the fact that they do play out at a massive ground at Warringal Park. They're able to run out games pretty well. And they showed just that, that they were able to run this game run this game out and boy did they run away with it. I was amazed at that that second half from them. They they were the better side in the first half, I felt, but you know, Montmorency had patches of dominance and I would have thought they'd go into half time happy, uh, only down by just the two well, I think it was two goals and you know, just near near the Tigers in the end but you know not playing their best footy as well but yeah they they just turned it on in that second half it was just amazing to see Josh Minow kicking another four goals got it we got the shootout we expected between him and Fitzgerald who also kicked the four goals Ben Nikolovsky was really impressive with three goals and you know just dominating out on that wing and their midfielders, despite not having, well, Matt Smith being laid out as well, they just stepped up and, you know, were by far the better midfield on the day, led by Sam Gilmore, who just continues to go from strength to strength this year. Easily won that ruck battle against Liam Mile Buxton. But, yeah, great victory for the Tigers. I don't see them losing another game this well, year. that was going to be my next question. They've now beaten every side in the competition. 
Um, and still with a few games to go, of course, no one wins your premierships in July, but they look unbeatable right now. Mm. And, and the fact that their one loss of the year did come against Montmorency, and it was only by a point, really. Um, I know they've looked vulnerable at times this year. You've got to remember the Tigers, as you said, they didn't have Matthew Smith. They didn't have Braden Sy. No Tom Bell Chambers either. So they still have some big guns <laughs> to come back into this team. Uh, they were able to have Nathan Honey in this week, which I'm sure really helped them out too. But uh, it's just it's just crazy, really, to think the fact that um, they've, they've been so dominant in such an even competition. It, it does beg the question, you know, if they will go all the way now. I'm always conscious of ensuring that, you know, no side does win it at this time of the year. Mm. We always got to remember Greensboro, who was 17-1 and one in home and away, looked yeah. unbeatable yeah. as well and went down in the grand final. So it's absolutely possible, but it's also fair to say the way they're going, they're going to be very, very difficult to beat. So one to keep an eye on for the rest of the season. And I think one that we might be keeping an eye on in Division 1 next year could be Hurstbridge because they cause, I think, what might be the upset of the season mm. so far, it'd be fair to say. Uh, defeating, and well, I'd say an informed Bandura. I know they lost heavily to Heidelberg last week. Uh, but at home at Ulong Reserve, you're probably expecting the Bulls to win and win comfortably. But Hurstbridge, who hadn't won a game since round three, they turned it around. A 15-point win, they just... Bandura just couldn't get their hands on the ball, really, in the end. And as a result, while the Bridges, they climb off the bottom of the ladder for the first time in over two months, and they sit in eighth spot, they're 3-10, and and the relegation race is, I'd say race, the relegation drop is well and truly alive right now because we've got three sides sitting on 3-10. And, and, you know, I believe Whittlesey still have to play Northcote Park and Hurstbridge and vice versa. So... Going to be quite an interesting run home at the bottom of the table, but that's a massive confidence-boosting win for Hurstbridge, not just for this season, but maybe as well for their future in Division 1. They clearly love playing at Yulong Reserve. They've won there the last, uh, at least the last two times. You know, one when Cameron Cloak played his last game there last year by five points and win by 15, 15 points here, you know, almost kicking, I think, the exact same score as well. But what a great victory. And you're right, it... It boosts their confidence in a big way because, yeah, since you know the round three of of the season, they had been struggling. They had had a lot of struggles. You know, they'd been competitive, but they just weren't picking up those wins. And I'd say close games, but picking up a win here against the side we I still think are contend are a contender to challenge Halderberg's throne essentially now and. You know, to do it away from home as well, it is a magnificent victory from the Bridges. Joel Naylor, what a performance mm. as well with the seven goals. He's just been absolutely superb up forward this year. It, 30 goals in 12 games as well now for him. So a great performance from him and a massive confidence booster for the Bridges. Absolutely it is. So interesting to see how Badura responds to this as well. So mm. that's two losses for them now there. Not, I'm, I guess not in danger of losing their top three double chance spot just yet, uh, but they'd want to pick things up a little bit, you'd think, before the end of the home and away season. Uh, another important clash took place at J.E. Moore Park between West Preston Lakeside and North Heidelberg, and I think we were expecting this to be a little bit closer than mm. at first um, thought. The Roosters won last time these two played, albeit it was only a very, very close result. This time... They've really turned it around. 60-point winners against the Bulldogs. So that's three wins in a row. They continue in fourth spot. Six points clear of sixth place McLeod. 
and they're six points away from third place Bandura. So I think they've just about locked in that final spot, which is really funny to think about because a month ago we were almost writing them off. And yeah. I think we've got a bit of humble pie to have because the way they've been playing at the moment has been excellent. And it just proves, again, you can never write off a Rob Majorana side at this point of the season. Uh, they're definitely improving and it's good to see. Oh, definitely improving. They're pretty much, you know, playing with the full strength side now. And this was, yeah, by far their best performance in, in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, they beat, defeated Greensboro a couple of weeks ago, but we've seen how inconsistent they've been. And But this is a, a massive victory, a 50-point victory. Raced right out of the blocks, 13 goals to three in the first half mm. from, from what I'm seeing. And yeah, it's... You can't come back from that if you're North Heidelberg. It's impossible to. They they fought hard in, you know, that, that second half. But, yeah, just an unbelievable stuff from them. Jackson Barling, I think he was a late in coming into the side. He had a good season with the Northern Bull Ants. Had been by far one of their better players. Just put together such a magnificent performance with three goals. And looks like he dominated in midfield as well. And evidently played a big role as well. Josh Yakubaccio kicks the four goals. Aiden Tilly has been a great support to Ahmed Saad this season with three goals as well. I don't think Ahmed Saad even played or he didn't even play this week, did Saad. So it's a very impressive win. I think North Heidelberg, though, were a bit weaker than, you know, last time these two met as well. So that might have hurt them. But, yeah, still very disappointing loss for the Bulldogs. Well, no, Brett Harvey, and we don't know how many games he'll be able to play. I think North mm. Melbourne have a few Saturday games to, to round out the year. So it yeah. might prove tough for him to get back in that team. But it's also a big blow for the Bulldogs' finals chances. So they were two points adrift from fifth. They now sit six points away. And they dropped to seventh spot. And it just means it's, they're going to have to try and pick themselves up a little bit. Their next clash is against Greensboro, which will be huge because mm-hmm. the Bar are in the fifth spot. They're coming off a really big win against Norcott Park, which is probably what you'd expected from them. Uh, but as it stands, Greensboro are in fifth spot. They're six and six with the one draw. And North Heidelberg, they're five and eight. So they're six points away. And I think uh, the Bulldogs' last crack at finals will have to be a win against Greensboro. If they yep. can't get over the line against them, you could pretty much write their final chances off. Um, so, you know, I guess that's one to look out for. But considering where the Bulldogs were at the start of the year, I think it's an impressive effort for them to still be in contention at mm-hmm. this point of the season. And then you look at McLeod as well. So they defeated Whittlesey by 25 points over the weekend. They they now sit two points behind Greensboro as well. And they have to be looked at as a finals contender. Although with the Roos, they're just very inconsistent for me right now. They've they've got good, they've had good performances against important teams. We saw what they did against North Heidelberg and just how impressive they were. And that result of been really challenging some of those top sides, but then they've had defeats, you know, to Northcote Park, for example, and, um, and Hurstbridge as well. So, yeah, not ideal, but I think this finals race is, is going to open up a little bit more and it just has a lot of emphasis on between Greensboro, McLeod and North Heidelberg that wins are going to be needed if they want to secure that spot. Yeah, it's a very intriguing one. And I have to say, all, all three sides are a little inconsistent, I feel. McLeod probably the more inconsistent of them. But, you know, Greensboro, they've they've had losses during the year as well to sites like Hurstbridge. They lost to North Heidelberg earlier in the year as well. And, you know, they're a very they're yeah a bit of an inconsistent side and they've picked up wins as well against Montmorency earlier in the year and drew with West Preston Lakeside and, and lost to them mm. as well which I would have thought they'd you know win those games and 
yeah, it's they're a bit of an inconsistent side. But, you know, North Heidelberg, they've struggled against the top sides. But Gordon win, uh, well, a win against Greensboro. Um, yeah, Greensboro. But, you know, uh, they've also only just won against those, those sides around them, I feel. So there is inconsistency. But it's all about, you know, for the rest of the season, if those sides can pick up the wins against the opponents that they need to win against, you know, your Hurstbridge, your Northcote Parks, your, Whitt- your Whittle Seas. Um, and if they can, you know, pick up a scalp here or there against one of the biggest sides, then, yeah, will go a long way to see, to seeing that particular side get into a top five spot. And I think Greensboro, they're probably the only side that could, you know, potentially challenge one of those top four sides. Mm. But it's going to be very interesting. Absolutely. A big final five weeks ahead <laughs> in the competition. We'll head over to MC Labor Division 2 because there were some ladder-shaping results there as well. We'll start with the top of the table clash. A little bit closer than the one in Division 1, but nonetheless, a very, very gallant Altham win, I think. And it's probably one of their better ones of the season just due to the fact that they had quite a few names out of that team. Finbar Mailer, who's had a fantastic year, he won't be available for a couple of weeks. They've had a few injuries as well. Weather, Jackson Weatherold, their co-captain. Uh, Anton Woods didn't play either. They had a couple of injuries occur during the match as well. Um, but they were able to keep off a very resurgent Diamond Creek side. And in the end, were able to get the job done despite having less scoring shots. A 14-point win. They still have a four-point lead on top of the table, um, which sets up a big clash against Banyul in a fortnight's time. Um, but nonetheless, Altham, they're continuing this very impressive win streak of theirs. And um, if they can get over the Bears in a couple of weeks' time, then they have to be the the one and only premiership favourites. Yeah, they... The, if they win against Spaniel again, then you know they're they're definitely going to be well the probably win the minor premiership. But yeah, the, they'll definitely be those that premiership favourites. Um, but yeah, James Minahan stepping up from the oh. reserves as well. Good performance from him with the three goals and, and named in the best as well. They have unbelievable depth through the Panthers as well. Their reserves, I, I think they're still unbeaten consistently winning, thumping teams in, in, in the reserves grade. And, you know, a couple of good performances as well. Mikhail Avramov stepping up. He's a bit of a leader down there at the Panthers. Lane Sinclair, Darcy Valance, Ben Montanaro, all these names, they're pretty much leaders mm. at, at the Panthers. And stepping up in the big game, it's, yeah... That's what they needed to do, especially with with those outs of the likes of Finbar Maley, co-captain Jackson Weatherold and Ant- Anton Woods. It's a very impressive performance. And I knew they, you know, probably get the win here against Diamond Creek, who, you know, they're very talented and came back really well. But, yeah, it's, it's just a super impressive victory given those outs, I reckon. Yeah, it's a, it's a credit to their depth as well because we, <clears> we sort of questioned it at the start of the year. Um, we, you know, they had some big names out of that team, um, some real experienced heads, and we didn't know whether those young players were able to step up. But not only have they, but they've done it to a point where, you know, it's it's as if they've played senior footy for years. They've just <laughs> stepped in, and, and and they've they've been producing some fantastic performances. So it's a full credit. And we spoke to Robert Hyde about it last week, and you could just tell like, he was even surprised as well by how quickly his side has developed, and it's given them a real chance at. 
uh, not only winning this year's premiership, but if they do go up to Division 1, I, I think it's a team that can maintain their place mm-hmm. in that competition. As you said, they've got a strong reserves. They've got two under-19s teams. You know, their young talent just continues to shine through. It's a team that they can build upon for many years to come. It's not a premiership one-and-done type of, type of side, which um, I think is even more impressive. So they'll be looking at this year as a big opportunity to, to claim that win and, and get themselves back up to being a Division 1 side, which I haven't been for, for quite a few years now. So a good opportunity for them. Watsonia, they're giving themselves another chance at at getting back into the top five. An important win against an informed Panton Hill side Mm. um, to the tune of 32 points. So they're now, again, four points adrift from the top five. And they have a big game against Thomastown this weekend, which (laughs) we'll talk about a little bit later on. But the Saints, they they keep marching towards that, that top five spot. They're giving themselves every chance and they're having players again that stand up in a similar sense we, we saw what's only play st mary's about a month ago and i think what's really helped their development has been the sense that you know the, the players in that team have played for each other played with each other rather for quite a while now they've all got 30 to 40 senior games under their belt mm-hmm. and continuing to improve week upon week um and yeah it's it's proving to to work well so far so can you see them the uh sneaking their way into the top five I do I, I think they've got the talent there they've got a seriously talented list and I reckon you know this week if they, lo- they lose against well a Thomas Townside coming off a, a big win a big win let's just put it that um, and if if they lose to them though I, I unfortunately be, be riding them off because they've had such a, a great season but you know they, they've got They've got a reasonable run home. Of course, Thomastown this week. I think they have lower plenty the week after at home as well. They defeated them in a bit of a shock round one. Then they've got Fitzroy Fitzroy Stars epping in round 16 and 17. Not too sure on their final round. But they've got a really really reasonable run home. In fact, their last round is against Banyol. So that's going to be a tough match. But yeah, they're... Three of those games are winnable, and St Mary's they've got they've got a really tough run home as well. You know, Epping, uh, I think they've got Epping this week, but then you know the, f- the final final four rounds they're facing top sides like Diamond Creek, Eltham, mm-hmm. Lower Plenty, and Thomastown. So gives them a chance, doesn't it? It gives them a massive it gives them a massive chance, and I reckon they could potentially get up into that top five, and they deserve it too. It's been a great season. They, they continue to develop throughout it, and yeah, a great victory against, like you said, an informed Penn Hill lineup, and it was close at three-quarter time as well, but then, yeah, the final quarter, they kicked five goals to just the one and pick up the victory. James Lee sent, he's been remarkable mm-hmm. these last couple of weeks. 14 goals in four games, and the last game that Watsonia played against Diamond Creek, he was kept scoreless. So technically, it's fourteen in three games. He's, you know, spoke to George Latouf for, um, after I think their victory against Thomastown a couple of weeks ago, and he said he's been working really hard on the training track, or worked really hard on the training track, and you know his form. Well, back then was a reward for effort, and he's just getting rewarded for effort. Clearly, here he's just been putting together a great season, and now equal top scorer as well for Watsonia. Jesse Presser as well, I believe, kicked four on the weekend too. So mm. they've, they've got goal kicking options across, which absolutely <laughs> helps any side as well. We talked about St. Mary's. They, they went down to Banyul pretty heavily in the end, so a bit of a dent for them, um, albeit they still got a healthy percentage sitting in fifth spot. Um, so they're okay for now. I think Watsonia will still be their only challenger at this point in time, so mm. uh, it'll be 
interesting to keep an eye on both those sides coming into the next few weeks. But with that Burrow run home, like you said, um, they might be fighting a bit more to, to keep that fifth spot at this stage. So it's a wait and watch at the moment for the Burrow. Um, and then two pretty comprehensive wins. Thomastown finally break their winless drought in the last five weeks, defeating the Fitzroy Stars away from home. Uh, well, actually, rather, it was an away game, but they did play at Main Street Recreation Reserve. So mm-hmm. important for them. Anthony Capisha, we know you can always kick a big bag. He continued to do so with eight on the weekend. Lower Plenty were too strong for Epping as well. They had an 80, I think that's an 85-point win. That's right. Uh, over the Blues at Epping Recreation Reserve. So they respond to their heartbreaking defeat last week to Banyul. And I think Lower Plenty are all but assured now of a top five spot at the least. They're mm-hmm. six points adrift from third place Diamond Creek so that also sets up a very big game between those two (laughs) sides it's almost an eight point game if the Bears can get up against Diamond Creek that will mean they're only two points away from a double chance spot Um, so that might help their cause what doesn't help their cause is Thomas Blake out for the rest of the year with an ACL injury so um, you know he's had a great season so far he's Mm. been really staking his claim as one of the premier ruckmen in the competition. But with him out, it's going to force others to stand up in that ruck. Um, we saw when they played Banyul a couple of weeks ago, we saw Barden go in there at times, or Darcy, I mean. Uh, Tom Keyes as well. They've had a few young guys. Jared Coots was able to have a bit of an involvement there. So to Heath Howard. But, um, you know, it could be a bit of a struggle if they don't have Todd Blake and they've had to sh- they have to shift some things around. Yeah, it's definitely going to be a massive struggle because, you know, he's consistently been named in the best and for you know the the entire season but it's going to be interesting maybe they might call up their reserves I'm not too sure on that but you know they might have to to call them up and force the reserves to take pretty much a hit and not play without a play without a ruckman but yeah it's that's a massive bloke because he's He's just, he's been, yeah, a terrific ruckman these last couple of years in, in Division 2, and yeah, it's a massive blow, that one. So we'll see how they adapt to that, but they do have, still have some excellent talent across the field, so mm-hmm. definitely an opportunity for them, and, and a big one this week against uh, Diamond Creek, which, as I said, we'll get to a little later on in the program. So that's MC Labor Division 2. We'll go to Heidelberg Golf Club. Division 3, and wow, some interesting results there again. <laughs> Seem to be repeating ourselves every week, but they absolutely are. It was a second, the third clash on the weekend between South Morang and Old Alvin Collegians, and wow, haven't the Lions turned things around since their first couple of months in the comp? They hadn't been the top four side after eight weeks in the comp. They're now sitting in second and are just four points away from the ladder leaders. Lorimer, another convincing win over the weekend. They turned the tables against the Turtles, who they went down to early in the year. A 39-point win for them puts them in really good form and good stead to get over the top against Lorimer, which will be a massive 1v2 clash this week at Mill Park Lakes Reserve. Uh, have you been surprised by how quick the Lions have really turned things around, or is this what we've come to expect from a side that a lot of us tipped to win the flag this year? Not really. It, it, it's sort of come as a, a little bit of a surprise, but not really because they've got, you know just serious talent all across the park and yeah this is this is one of their more, more impressive victories in fact their most impressive victory of the season old Eltham Collegians they showed earlier in the year that yeah they can take it up to sides like South Morang and Lorimer and they were also coming off a really good win against Lorimer too the week before but yeah when you only kick the four behinds in the first half mm. you're going to struggle and that's 
Yeah, credit to the South Morang defence. Eldeltham Collegians forward line is a pretty decent forward line at that too. You know, Matthew Matthew Keys up there. Nicholas Milne as well. Clay Crimmins, all those types of players. And Paul Vindanopoulos, who's been pretty good this season as well. Yeah, it's a credit to their defence. But yeah, great. That first half set up the victory and they're going to take a lot of confidence now for, you know, the rest of the season now because I think... It pretty much shores up second uh, second spot on the table, or, or at least top two spot for them, which they deserve, and which I expected at the start of the season because yeah, they just they didn't they didn't lose too many and gained a couple of players as well, and they've just got serious talent all across the ballpark, and yeah, good victory for them and a mass like I said, massive confidence booster. Well, they'll come up against a very informed Lorimer side, mainly because of their huge victory over Lail on the weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, they went down to the Turtles a fortnight ago, but they've bounced themselves back up. Still have the best percentage in the league. Still have the best record in the league. So still the team to beat at this stage, uh, but will be a really enticing clash. My question to you from a Lorimer point of view, Jackson Cecil kicked eight again on the weekend. We know he's had some big bags this year. He sits on 71 goals at the moment, so he's well and truly ahead in the goal-kicking ranks. But can you see him kicking another 29 in the last five weeks to hit the ton? In Heidelberg Golf Club Division 3. Well, you know, I I talked about this the other day for a completely different league. There's another forward who's who's near the 100 goal mark as well. And, you know, Jackson Cecil's been remarkable this year. 71 goals is no mean feat. I'm surprised he didn't kick more on the weekend, to be honest. I would have thought, you know, out of the 34 goals, he might have kicked half of them. But... Uh, 29 goals. So, in, in just five. to put it in context, so they've still got to play South Morang two more times this year. Jeez. They've got Kilmore, Mernda, and they finished the season with Lalo. So, I mean, it would have. To, it's going to be tough to do against South Morang twice, you would, yeah. you would feel, but I think he's capable. And I think he's leading the coach's MVP race at the moment in Division 3. Um, you know, he's kicked the 71 goals. He's been in some ripping form. Um, and look, I think we can see, I think it's a potential oh, to happen. I, I mean, we're definitely campaigning for, for a league point of view, but oh. nonetheless, um, I think if you've kicked 71 in 14, uh, sorry, in 13, then I think 29 in five might just be achievable. You think about it, at six goals a week he has to kick. So, mm. I mean, easier said than done, of course. It's still some very talented teams. You know, you're coming up against three top four teams and one that's challenging for top four. So yeah. it's not going to be easy, but just want to I keep an eye on. I think it is in the realm of possibility. Uh, I, uh, yeah, I'm definitely campaigning for him to get to that 100 mark because it's not every day you see a player kick 100 goals in the season, whether that be at the top level or here at the local level. Uh, I... Yeah, I'm hoping. I just have my doubts, though, because those sides, it's going to be tough. Well, for, against Laylaw, it might not be as tough. You know, if he's if he's maybe 10 off, maybe we should get a dug out there to, to report <laughs> on the match and report on the moment he kicked that 100 goals. But, yeah, it's... it's it's not beyond the realm of possibility. I, I, I do have my doubts, though. I'm hoping, though. I'm hoping. And then looking at the other results in the competition, so Kilmore had a comfortable win over Reservoir, firming their spot in the top four for now. But as I said, big game against Mernda coming up. And mm-hmm. it's a big game against Mernda because they defeated Heidelberg West. And that was an impressive result. 27 points, the final margin. Um, and this was a Hawks side that, had lost, that hadn't lost their last, I think it was three games, or two of their last three, they had won. 
Um, and that put them in a real good spot. If the Hawks had have won, they still would have only been a game outside the top four. But with Mernda winning, it's sort of putting them back in the finals conversation. We'll chat to their coach, Robert Fletcher, in a few moments' time. But I ask you, Josh, do you see the Demons making a push? Or are you going to wait and see what they do against Kilmore on Saturday and then maybe make the call a bit more confidently? I, I think I'll wait and see because, you know, they they got a pretty tough run home at that too. You know, Kilmore this week, Lorimer next week. That's out at Waterview Recreation mm-hmm. Reserve. And, you know, for three quarters, they kept up with Lorimer. And this time around, I reckon, well, next time around, they'd be very confident they can pick up potential scalp. Reservoir, Heidelberg West and South Morang. You know, I think at least three of those games are winnable. Maybe even all of them because, well, Probably four, probably four of them, I'd say, despite, you know, Lorimer being the top side, they, they've shown they can be vulnerable and and they are a pretty good side at home. But then, you know, they face South Morang at Mill Park Lakes, which is usually a bit of a hard ground to, to travel to. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, um, yeah, if they win this, if they win this week, uh, I'll, yeah. I'd be backing them to potentially get into that top five. If not, then yeah, I'll I'll make my call next week. I'll play it safe. Well, let's hear what the coach has to say. Here's our chat now with the senior men's coach of the Murder Football Club, Robert Fletcher. Now joining us on the NFNL podcast is the senior men's coach of the Mernda Football Club in Robert Fletcher. Robert, thank you so much for coming on and giving us some of your time today. No worries. Thank you. A great victory over on the weekend over a pretty much an inform Holderberg West side, um, and you know, of course, this was the first time you two had played since your previous meeting, in which the Hawks came back and were able to run over the top in the end. So, for your team to be able to get the result they did on Saturday, it must be really pleasing to see the response. Marty's and uh, look, uh, we probably played our best side that we played all year, and. Uh, that loss to Hordeberg West in the uh, first time we played him, being you know, like 21 points up at uh, three-quarter time and getting beat was probably uh, our hardest loss. And uh, the boys felt it pretty uh, pretty much after the game. And it was something that you know we penciled in uh, next time we played him to uh, you know, try and get a win back off him. Was it a big motivation coming into Saturday? Of course, you know, there's still the finals calculations and, of course, trying to put in some good performances throughout the year. But coming into that game against Heidelberg West, was it just one that you really wanted to concentrate just that little bit extra about to ensure that the, the same, I guess, process wasn't made from a couple of months ago when you played them? Oh, look, a little bit. I think uh, we've really started to focus on the things that we control and try and get better to play uh, four quarters of footy. I think a lot of games this year, if you look at Lorimer, the Turtles, uh, you know, Kilmores and all those, we've been in front of three-quarter time and, and basically only won one of them games against a, a top you know, top four, top five side. So, uh, you know, we're just trying to keep uh, working on the things that we need to work on. We seem to, uh, when we get to get challenged a bit, we sort of uh, drop away and uh, go away from what we're uh, been training to do. But then you know, Saturday was probably the first time that we got challenged a couple of times and uh, we stuck to our guns, which was good. You're now two games shy of the top four. Um, and and yep. obviously with Saturday's win, that really does help, you know, your case of making the finals. Does, you know, does a win like that help the belief of the group that you can take that next step and, and really challenge not to just make the top four, but I guess have an impact? 
Oh, 100%. We've got a little bit, bit of belief there, and it's just getting stronger and stronger now. The boys playing with a bit each, uh, you know, each week with them, uh, with each other. Uh, and now, you know, to beat a side like Heidelberg West you know, and sort of uh, respond the way we've been responding, um, and, you know, we've got Kilmore this week. We're winning a game behind, so they're starting to get rid of a sniff, and, um, you know, they're starting to get a little bit excitement at the club. But in the, the day, we'll just uh, keep going out and doing what we can. I think one of the recruits of the season across all three of our divisions has no doubt been your signing of Ryan Bongetti. And, you know, he hasn't played, I guess, every single game that you would have liked to this season. But nonetheless, he's proved to be a great revelation and and I'm sure has really helped your side on and off field in in terms of taking that next step and improving their development. Describe his impact um, that he's got with the Mernda side and, yeah, just how important he is to your best 22. Oh, look, when we recruited him, we always knew he was only going to play six or seven games. And, uh, look, we just recruited for experience. We knew how young we were. And we just didn't have the leaders on the ground. So, his uh, leadership on the, on the field is unbelievable. And, uh, look, he's, what, 37, 38. Uh, it's just his, uh, his strength and his explosive speed. But uh, the big thing is just teaching the kids where to run to and, you know, stick to the things that we've been working on. It's just, he's just been uh, unbelievable for us. And it looks as though it's really helped the development of other players in your team. You know, we've seen Edward Mills, Joshua Mazzarella, Bryce Camilliardis as some of the players that have really stood up and, and been in that best in the last month or so. Is, um, who, are some of those players, have you been really impressed with their improvement? And, and are there others that you feel like have really taken that next step in their careers too? Yeah, look, I think, uh, you know, our captain and vice-captain in uh, Gus Mills and uh, colleagues have uh, been outstanding leaders and I think, you know, some of that's a reflection of uh, Bongo working with him and then, you know, look at a bloke like Riley Edwards who's got all the talent and he's, you know, uh, just starting to really work hard now and, look, he's been outstanding this season as well. So, um, and then there's a couple of young blokes who have uh, said that probably... I think we only got two blokes over the age of 25, and I think we've only had, you know, I think we've only got probably three or four blokes that have played over 25 games. So we're starting to learn a little bit about their, uh, what senior football is about. And blokes with uh, like Mongo out there, it uh, just uh, sort of fast tracks them a little bit. And a massive game this week against Kilmore, as you mentioned before. You managed to beat them before, which was, I'm sure, one of your better wins of the season. Are you treating this game like a final only, I guess, because, you know, we're not too far away from the conclusion of the home and away season. You're still in the finals hunt. It's a big opportunity for you to gain another scalp in the lead up towards a potential top four finish. Is it just another game for your team or is it something a little bit more this weekend? Oh, no, I think every game for us is like a final. So we've got a final middle uh, mini series to start with. So uh, all elimination finals, I think as soon as we lose one, we're done. So uh, that's the way we're sort of uh, looked at it over the last few weeks. So, um, yeah, it's a little mini final for us. Robert, it's been great to have you on the podcast and, and to hear a bit more about the Myrna Football Club. Um, congratulations on the win on the weekend and, and all the best for the rest of the campaign and wherever that takes you. All right, thanks again for having me. That was Robert Fletcher there, the senior men's coach of the Mernda Football Club. Great to hear about the Demons and their quest to get back into top four contention. It'll be a big game for them against the Blues this Saturday. But let's head to our senior women's competition because there was some very intriguing results that mm-hmm. took place across the weekend. We'll start with winning edge division one women's and Greensboro, a big upset win over West Preston Lakeside one. They won by four points, trailing by three at three-quarter time. Keith, one goal in the last quarter, kept West Preston Lakeside 
goal, uh, sorry, scoreless rather. And they were able to get up by four points. So a big result for Greensboro. Um, and a bit of a dent in West Preston Lakeside. One's chances of staking their premiership favouritism too. Yeah, it, I'm a bit surprised that, you know, they got up. Greensboro, they, they do have plenty of talent on their list. But, yeah, West Preston Lakeside, they defeated, well, still one of the the, the top side in the competition in Diamond Creek Women's 1. But, yeah, this is a, a massive upset. And boost the confidence of the borough who I think they're you know nearly short up of a spot for finals but yeah it's a a very impressive victory for the borough and by far their most impressive of the year yeah absolutely so just opens up that competition a little bit more especially Mm. with the other result now the other close result rather between Montmorency and Durban won the Magpies just getting up by nine points it was a third versus fourth contest Magpies led all the way through and they take third place now ahead of Darabin so that's a big boost for them really important Shay Collinson another best on ground performance Carol Scuderi with two goals VU Western Spurs have bounced back from a five game losing streak and had a comfortable win over Lower Plenty Bundura by 88 points so that gives them a bit of a confidence booster nine goals to nil in the first half that's all that was needed <laughs> Ashley Ford at Stacey Riggin kicking three goals each. And then Diamond Creek women's one. They've, they've sewn up the minor premiership now. So they Jeez. cannot fall any further down than first by the end of the season. And it was backed up by a 120-point win over the bottom placed Heidelberg one side. Eight goals to one in the first term. Really set up that victory in the end. Georgia Tate and Linda Forp, uh, four goals each. And Alicia Maskell also stepping up, which was great to see from them. So we've spoken about the Creekers before, how dominant they've been this year. Only the one loss for them throughout the whole campaign at this point in time. Um, Again, always conscious about you're not winning flags this this early, but... Um, do you see him being beaten? Can the Roosters cause another upset for him at some point, or, or do you just see him going all the way from here? Uh, it's pretty hard. You know, West Preston, it, they do have the side to, you know, take it up to, to Diamond Creek women's one. But, yeah, I, I think it's hard for me to see them, you know, getting, oh, oh yeah, pushing Diamond Creek women's one. They've just, these last couple of weeks, they've been undefeatable. You know, they've won by a one by I think it was 160 points the week before against Lower Plenty 130 mm-hmm. against VU Western Spurs and now by 120 against Heidelberg one they're just they're just scoring for fun and defending for fun too I reckon it's yeah it's hard for me to see them going down I, yeah I hate to jinx jinx them it's it might be a little too early to call premiership the premiership but I think yeah they're it, it's going to be hard to beat the the Creekers. Yeah, they're such a talented side, aren't they? And there's a reason for it. Yeah. They've just got so many stars across each line, and that's what's got them where they are at the moment. We'll head to SG Print and Paper Division 2, and there were some big games across, and pretty much all four mm-hmm. games were big games in that competition. We'll start with the two games on Friday night. So Darabin 2 held on to win by six points over the Fitzroy Stars. Um, yeah, on Friday night, it was 2-6-18 to 1-6-12. The Falcons snap a three-game losing streak and put themselves back in contention for a final spot, which is very, very important for them. But, Josh, you were out at Eltham Central Park yeah. for the top of the table clash, and, well, the Panthers 
absolutely dominant once again. Their men's and women's teams are just firing on all cylinders at the moment. Ten wins in a row. They defeat Banyul by 27 points, and they've just about sewn up a minor premiership too. Yeah, it was it was great to be out there at Eltham Central Park, along with you know a pretty good crowd out out at the Panther the cold. place. Very cold, a bit wet as well, and I'm sure the girls enjoyed playing um, those conditions. But yeah, I just uh, I was out there and just saw an Eltham masterclass. They were. Yeah, an unbelievable, unbelievable side to watch. Dominating first three quarters. That Banyol, they couldn't even get it outside their defensive half. The the Panthers, they just locked it in consistently, and it just, you know, it didn't allow them to get any chances, which is rare for for the Bears because yeah, they've got a pretty potent forward line. I think what hurt they didn't have Rebecca DePaulo as well. Did Banyol inside fifty? They had their chances, you know, during those first three quarters and the last quarter two in particular, but not having her might have hurt them a little bit. But yeah, it's it was great to see, you know, Eltham get up and pretty much flex their muscles, I have to say. Well, they'll come, they'll come up this week against another first, the second... They'll, they'll be in another first, the second battle this week when they come up against St. Mary's, who have jumped into second spot, have made it five consecutive wins in a row as well. 88-point winners over what uh, over sorry over Whittlesey at Watmore Park that was a very very comprehensive victory for the Baron gives them a real crack at tasting premiership success this year they've they've and they're another team that just continues to impress across all um, facets of the field Jessica Hardy Caitlin Kruzberger as well Sarah Johnson mm-hmm. is just kicking goals for fun right now another bag of six for her um, so yeah they've been absolutely dominant and that's going to be a really intriguing battle between those two sides next uh, sorry this week rather and then the two bottom play sides have had their struggles this year but Diamond Creek Women's 2 they were able to get their second victory of the year 31 point winners over Montmorency 2 they jump off the bottom of the ladder as well with that result a 5 goal to nil first half was enough to get them over the line and then cleaning Melbourne Division 3 women's well Murder they've suffered their first defeat since grading and their first defeat since uh, sorry their first defeat 2 Division 3 side Hurstbridge what a turnaround we were talking about them last week they had a poor defeat to the bottom placed Heidelberg 2 side who hadn't won a game all year then they've come up and they've absolutely dominated um, and well done everything they can rather to get over the Demons another one point result between these two sides or rather another result that was under a goal but was it Honestly, a really, really impressive win from the Bridges. And we'll speak to their coach, Paul Reed in a few moments' time. But, um, you know, they're still a couple of games away from the top-placed Demons. But heading into finals, to say that you've gotten the win against the top tight side, um, that's really imperative. Yeah, that's that's a really impressive win, I have to say. Out at Waterview Recreation Reserve too, you know. It, yeah, Mernda, they've, they've played all grounds in general pretty well this season while the women's side that is but yeah this is a, a seriously impressive win and another scrap to say the least 2 4 16 2 3 15 I think it was 11 to 10 last time mm, last three, time around and that was a score of three quarter time I believe as well yeah, so there you go close to it 9 it, to 10 maybe yeah it's that's those two games they're, they're the definitions of, scra- of scraps it's you know a really impressive victory for Hurstbridge, it gives them confidence now, knowing that they, when they play, you know, their brand of footy, they can take it up to the top side in Mernda, and yeah, it's been it's been a great season for them. They would have been disappointed going down to yeah 
to bottom place Heidelberg 2 the week before, but what a way to bounce back. And speaking of Heidelberg 2, they were winless for the first 12 weeks of the year. Oh, sorry, for the first 10 weeks of the year. Two consecutive wins now for the Tigers. They beat Wallen by 25 points. They jump off the bottom of the ladder for the first time this year. They kick their highest score of the season, 5-3-33, defeating Wallen 1-2-8 in the first match of the year. Isabella Italiano impressed a brilliant display from her. So the Tigers might be tough for them to make finals still, but to, yeah. to have these wins in the back end of the year, it's just, you know, will give them some real credit and confidence heading into next season. And Lorimer, well, they had one of their best wins of the season as well, proving too strong for West Preston Lakeside too. A 34-point win for them, really helping their claims to be a contender in 2022. Only allowed the Roosters to register one scoring shot for the entire Afternoon, So big result there for the power will go a long way towards their claims for finals this year. But what we'll do now is we'll chat to the senior women's coach of the Hurstbridge Football Netball Club, Paul Reid, following their top of the table win over Mernda. Now joining us on the NFNL podcast is the senior women's coach of the Hurstbridge Football Netball Club following their important one-point win on Sunday against Mernda. Paul Reid. Paul, thanks so much for coming on and giving us some of your time today. Uh, thanks for having me, Nicholas. Uh, appreciate the time. As I said, an important win over Mernda. Um, of course, you know, it was a close game as well last time you two played earlier in the season. Does it give your side a sense of belief that you can go all the way, that you've been able to beat a side as well as Mernda have played this year? Yeah, look, it was it was good. They're, they're, they're a tough side. They um, they man up really well. Um, so, look, we've got closer to them each time. And I think we've, we've always believed that we can get there. Um, but I, and I actually don't think we played particularly well, but I don't think Mernda, they thought they played that well either. It was a pretty scrappy game um, compared to some of our other games that we've played. But, um, look, I think, uh, you know, the girls are getting a, a fair bit of belief and they're, they're seeing some improvement, which is really good. Um, you know, like in all this stuff, it's all about, about just develop, develop, develop. And uh, whoever develops the most is going to come out on top, I suppose. Um, but, yeah, we, we think we're in with a good shot. But we're certainly not counting our chickens. <laughs> of course, of course. And no one wins premierships in July, as they say. So I can no, understand, right. understand your sentiment there. Was it critical to, I guess, respond after that defeat to Hollerberg to a fortnight ago? Obviously not, not an ideal result in that sense, but... Oh, I guess the during the timing yeah. gives you a bit of time to, I guess, reassess. Yeah, look, the Heidelberg game was um, was an interesting game. I mean, they, they're, they're struggling for numbers as we were at the start of the year. And they had um, a number, I think, of their, their DB1 girls that uh, come down to help their their second side, which, which and you know, the coach had spoken to me about it. And, I, and that was really good for our girls because it sort of um, made them uh, have to work a little bit harder. And uh, it was a great result for Heidelberg as well. I think, you know, their girls really needed uh, needed that win under their belt. So I had no issue with, you know, how, you know obviously we learned a lot from it. Um, playing some of the, some really senior girls, but um, it, it probably stood us in good stead for for Mernda the next week. Um, so it didn't didn't uh, dent their confidence because we knew what we were facing, and um, so it turned out to be actually a pretty good game for us, the Heidelberg game. Uh, I was not happy. That, well, that's always good to hear, of course. Obviously, this Bridges side were in Division Two last year. They've been playing all of their football in Division Three since the grading have come through. Have have they taken that, I guess, competition into their stride? It seems as well they're doing okay so far, but have they been yeah. enjoying their football Look, still? 
Oh yeah, they are enjoying their footy. I think this year, they're um, yeah. No, the, the, the feedback has been very positive. Uh, look, the girls actually were, I think, keen to go into Division Three, but the club thought that we, we thought they'd end up in Division Two based on the grading and, and how they'd gone during grading. Mm. So I, I mean, I was a little bit surprised. Only the only thing I think that held us back was we were in those early grading games and the start of the season we were really struggling for numbers. And we were wondering if we ended up in Division Two, how we'd go later in the season. Yeah, and I think that's what happened to them last year. Is they had a really good start to the season, and then you know halfway through the season they started falling away and struggling. So I think they were they were quite happy to be down in Division Three because they thought, well, that, that's going to give them more of a chance. And they also lost a few players from last year's side, um, which is a bit unfortunate. But um, you know the numbers have come back. Um, you know numbers are pretty healthy now. So um, you know things things are going well. And uh, you know, I think most uh, all the girls seem to be enjoying um, you know, the game, and that's that's the big thing. I'm going to just say to them uh, before every game: most important thing, go out and enjoy your footy. Well, a few players that are really enjoying their footy at the moment are the likes of Belinda Harris, Sheridan Bennett, Melissa Martini. Now, these are names that continue to pop up in the best yeah. or having uh, great performances. You know, these these are also players that I feel like have really settled into this team as well. You know, how important have their influence been for the side, both on and off field? Oh, yeah, no, look, they're, they're all good. And there's, there's a lot of, there's actually quite a few good, there's a good leadership group down there. It's, yeah. a, it's, a, it's actually a really good club. I mean, I've, I've been at Elkham for years, for, for many years, and um, I got dragged into this because my daughter's playing at Hurstbridge. Um, but they're a good club, and they've got a good um, good culture and a, a good bunch, of, you know, just, just a great bunch. Um, those three girls have been very, very good for us this year. I mean, um, Sheridan... Um, had ankle problems all last year and, and hardly played a game. Um, Mel played backline all last year, so sort of releasing her up forward and into the midfield has, has really been a breath of fresh air for her. And Belle, well, she's just <laughs> just a machine. She's just, you know, uh, she's quick. She's uh, she you know reads the play well. She's a she's a ripper. So um, yeah, we, we've got a, a a pretty good mix actually of. Um, you know, guys that have played, you know, a lot of football and, um, you know, quite a few that are, are very new to it. Um, so, yeah, they're a, good, they're a good mix. You, you talked about before, you know, encouraging your players to enjoy their football and, and their development. How is it hard as a coach to, to find a balance between, of course, wanting to perform well, but also ensuring that the development and the enjoyment of your side continues to, to be high? Uh, yeah, look, I think, you know, in, in this, uh, you know, with, Div- with Division 3 and, and the most important thing is they come back next year. Yeah. Um, you know, they've still got a lot of development left in them. And, um, you know, it, we don't we don't focus on, on winning. Um, you know, like I say to them every week, I couldn't give a rat's about what the result is. I just want, want to see them take the next step each week and, and try and improve their footy. Um, and you know, training is we, we don't train a lot of structure or any structure really. We we just we just it's all skills based stuff at this stage. And um, you know, this, we actually struggle with numbers at training sometimes to be able to do a lot of structural work. But um, you know, it really is about develop, 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 and enjoy it. And, you know, if you enjoy it, you'll come back and and we'll grow and we'll get better. And uh, so far, so good. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, um, you can uh, say that for yeah. sure. Um, just finally, you know, another game this week against a really strong opponent in West Preston Lakeside too considering the conversation we've had about you know learning a lot from I guess some of the better sides in the comp this year is that another game you're sensing as an opportunity for your girls to develop in this year? Yeah it is absolutely it is. I think um, you know we had a pretty good game against West Preston last time 
um, you know, all through the season, like I've thrown the girls around into different roles and, and we'll, we'll continue to do that. So they all get a go, you know, in the forward and the back line and the midfield and we'll continue to do that. But we're getting close to finals and we'll start to settle in, maybe not this week, but next week we'll start to settle them into roles. Um, but it's, it's, look, I just, you know, there's, there's a certain game style we want them to adopt and, um, and uh, we're we're slowly getting there, slowly getting there. And um, so this is another chance for them to take that next step. Um, and, you know, I really want them to run the ball and, and you know, just, just get out. You know, it's, it's, it's so congested at the moment. Like the game on Sunday against Mernda was very congested. And we want to try and get away from that if we can. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we take this as another, another opportunity to develop and, and, to, and to improve what we do. And um, hopefully, um, you know, if... Again, it doesn't matter what the result is. I, you know, like I think um, if they do the right thing, the result will look after itself. Paul's been great to chat to you and, and get a bit more no, insight into you know Hurstbridge and and I guess the mentality of, of the whole side heading into the rest of the season. Congratulations again on Saturday's uh, sorry Sunday's win and all the yes. best for the rest of the season, whatever lies ahead. Great, thank you very much, and let's talk to you again sometime. That was Paul Reid there, the senior women's coach of the Hurstbridge Football Netball Club. Good to see they're continuing the belief towards uh, premiership success in season 2022. Before we wrap up, like we always do, we get a nice little preview of what to look forward to in this week's senior action. Josh Ward has it covered for all three senior men's divisions. Yeah, so... Melbourne Greyhounds Division 1 we've got the the start of the split round mm. this week only the three matches Hurstbridge Heidelberg well with the way Heidelberg are going you'd <laughs> expect them to go in as well not just red hot favourites as hot as the sun favourites let's just put it that West Preston Lakeside Northcote Park the Roosters should go in as favourites I think they'd probably lose Jackson Barling to VFL duties but you know the, who knows they might gain Ahmed Saad back and it, it if he comes back, it'd be a handy inclusion. Otherwise, otherwise, yeah, Northcote Park, they're just too struck down with injuries to, you know, put up a fight. They, I reckon they will, but I just think, yeah, West Preston, a little too strong. McLeod Bundura is a bit of an interesting one now because, well, you know, if Bundura had won against Hurstbridge, I would have thought it might not be too interesting. And, you know, last time around, these two, um, well, Bundura, Absolutely thumped the Kangaroos, although the Roos, they did not have their strongest side on the park. And with the Roos still trying to get in that final spot, could be yeah, a good game for them. Yeah, there's plenty to play for them. And it's out at the Wyndham Park too, and a chance to, you know, pick up that scalp that would probably help them push for that final, or, well, that final spot in the finals. So, yeah, massive game out at the Winter Park into Divi- MC Labor Division 2. Thomastown Watsonia is a very interesting mm. one. Uh, it was pretty close for most of it the la- last time these two met at Binak Park. But, you know, Thomastown coming off an absolutely, well... Big victory in terms of improving the morale and in terms of boosting percentage. And, you know, it... it They'll come to this game thinking they can, you know, potentially pick up the win against the Watsonia side who were coming off a, an impressive win at that too. But, yeah, it, it if they lose here, Watsonia, I, I think it nearly ends their finals chance. There's plenty on the line to play for them too. So, And lower plenty Diamond Creek. Yeah, that is a, a massive one. match. That's definitely the match of the round in MC Labor Division 2, you know. If Diamond Creek win here, all but a sh- all but seals up the top three, lower plenty, they get the win here. It, ma- it 
creeps them ever so closer to a top three spot. So plenty on the line to play for both sides out at Montmorency Park South too. So a big clash. Elton Penn, Hill, Fitzroy Stars, Spaniel and St. Mary's Epping. Not the most interesting clashes, hate to say it, but I think the the results, sh- yeah, exactly. all three sides that come in, well, you know, Eltham, Banyol and St. Mary's obviously come in as favourites. On to Hollywood Golf Club Division 3. We have <laughs> got a massive clash at Mill Park Lakes Reserve. He couldn't have asked for a better two weeks in the senior men's competition. We've got another top-of-the-table clash. South Morang and Lorimer, this match, it's going to be fierce. It, 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 you know, the, it's always been fierce, while well, the last couple of years in particular, given you know how well both sides are doing... Uh, obviously on the field and, and clearly off the field. Lorimer getting the chocolates the last two times too, but both those games were out at Lorimer mm. Reserve as well. And, you know, we saw them last year play each other at, at Mill Park Lakes Reserve. The Lions got up there and I think, you know, Lorimer were missing a few players. It put did put up a bit of a fight, but this is, yeah, there's plenty on the line to play for, for both sides. South Morang win here, I think, it would almost get them into top spot or get them into equal points at least um, with with the power. But yeah, it's a massive clash and local rivalry too, you could argue. So it's going to be fierce. And Kilmore Mernda, this is, well, as Rob said, it's a, it's essentially an elimination final for them. One, mm. Well, pretty much every week's an elimination final for them. And well, this is a pretty tough elimination final at that out of JJ Clancy Reserve, which is usually a hard ground to to travel to uh, well I think it was might have been only South Morang and Lorimer who've picked up wins out there this season and both have been pretty close wins at that but yeah Mernda they're going to take confidence knowing the last time that these two met they won at Waterview Recreation Reserve so a very interesting clash and yeah if if they lose here, I hate to say it, but it would definitely end their, their finals chances. Old Elton Collegians and Laylor Heidelberg Western Reservoir. Chance for the Hawks and the Turtles to boost their percentage, unfortunately, well, fortunately for them, and boost their chances as well. Let's head to the senior women's comp. There's a couple of big games across all three divisions. Darabin won and West Preston Lakeside won. So the Falcons... They, um, mm. they've, they've given themselves a real opportunity here to, to rise up the ladder against a West Preston Lakeside, one side who suffered that, that shock loss, I guess you could say, last weekend. So that would be really good to look forward to. Altham St. Mary's, and that one's following the Altham game, the senior men's game as well, Altham mm. Central Park. So that's going to be a really, really great game to look forward to, I think, uh, between those two. Obviously, top two sides always makes for an intriguing contest. And then, um, well, I mean, cleaning Melbourne Division 3 women's, Hurstbridge, West Preston Lakeside 2 has to be the one to look out for. Um, the Bridges coming off that big win. Uh, against Mernda, West Preston Lakeside 2, looking for a response against Lorimer. Both sides in the top four trying to take their claim and securing spots heading into the back end of the season. Of course, for all the latest updates um, around the league, you can head to the NFNL website, nfnl.org.au, or to all our social pages as well. And, of course, it's TAC Road Safety Round mm-hmm. this weekend as well. And we encourage all clubs to get involved in that campaign um, and, and to spread awareness as well and to help limit... Uh, death or serious injury on our road. Excuse me, on our roads. That's all we have time for on this week's episode of the NFNL podcast. Josh, thank you for coming on as always and giving us your insights. <laughs> always a pleasure, and yeah, can't wait to see how this weekend pans out in both the senior men's and women's competitions. I've been your host, Nicholas Sacco, and you've been listening to the NFNL podcast. <laughs>